When I lived in Uganda, my friend Anna lost her husband, and it seemed like the minute he died, his entire family descended on her, eating her out of house and home and carting away all the furniture, every pot and pan and dish. In short order, his family sold the house and kept the money, leaving Anna nothing from the life that she had built with her husband. They did offer her the opportunity to marry her husband's brother instead, since after Anna's husband's death, she and her children, in Ugandan culture at that time, were considered the brother's property. But she and the kids fled instead, empty-handed, rushed to her own father's home, but he lacked funds to offer her any help. So imagine Anna, so vulnerable. No home, no job, no education, nothing. When I knew her, she was praying for a break. Millions of women throughout the world find themselves in this same position, trapped in poverty and dependence, praying for a break. And in our country, women face dangerous situations too. Domestic violence, job loss, eviction, so many things. And women who visit our own food pantry and soup kitchen, sometimes they are struggling with a domino effect of misfortune, finding themselves living in shelters, in cars, and on the streets. Anna is very much on my mind this week, along with all the vulnerable women in the world and down through time as we hear this story from John's Gospel. A woman in Samaria is vulnerable, first of all, because she's alone outside the city, heading to the well at noon. There she meets Jesus. And in the ancient world, men and women who didn't know each other did not speak. And Samaritans and Jews seldom spoke to each other either. And yet Jesus does speak to her saying, give me a drink. And she's right to ask as she does, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan? This is an extraordinary conversation. It wouldn't normally happen. But Jesus proceeds to offer her living water. He says, everyone who drinks of the well water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. I doubt she understands what he's saying, but he's gone from requesting a cup of water to promising this woman a forever life, and beautifully, ardently, she responds, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Then the story takes a sharp turn as Jesus asks her to bring her husband to join them. And she answers, I have no husband. Jesus knows she actually has had five husbands, as well as her current partner, who she's not married to. So many people assume that this part of the story tells us that the Samaritan woman is a prostitute, which is an unfair, in my opinion, interpretation. We hear nothing about prostitution 
Why has she had five husbands? We don't know. But my own father had four wives over the course of his lifetime, so I know it can happen. And the Samaritan woman, she could have been widowed. She could have been abandoned. She could have been divorced by husbands for unfair reasons over the years. In ancient times, life expectancy was, was very short for the poor. There's lots of reasons why she had five husbands. A long string of men in her life does not tell us that she was a prostitute, but it does tell us something very important, which is that she is vulnerable. Vulnerable to the twists and turns of her life and the powerlessness of women in her culture at that time. And then there's this tender moment between the woman and Jesus when, when discovering that he knows her whole life history, she says, oh, I see that you are a prophet. And what she means is, I see that you know and understand all that I've been through and you know how hard it is to get by when you're a woman without money or power. And Jesus does understand. He understands her struggle of dependence and vulnerability. And what does he do? Three wonderful things. First, he speaks to her in the first place, even though that conversation at the well, a man addressing a woman, is breaking a cultural norm. And he talks to her even though she's a Samaritan, breaking another cultural norm. And after asking for her for a cup of water, he offers her living water, meaning he does a third amazing thing. He invites her. He chooses her, not anyone else in the whole world in that moment, but her to hear before anyone else in the whole world ever does the news that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who can change the world. He says to her, I am he, the Messiah, the one who is speaking to you. This woman has clearly known so much trouble in her life, and yet in this moment she is seen by Jesus with eyes of love and compassion and understanding. He invites her to believe in him, and she gets the message immediately rushing into the city to tell everyone she knows about Jesus that, that Jesus could respond to a Samaritan woman in this way is so un heard of in that time, to choose this marginalized, forgotten person to be the first one to hear about his identity and the promise of, of eternal life, this is a response far beyond culture and custom. This is God at work. This is Jesus showing how God sees how God sees us, because God sees everyone this way. God sees each of us with love and compassion and understanding and knows all of our secrets and the hardships that we've endured. Jesus can tell each and every one of us everything we've ever done, and we know that he knows each of us by name and loves us. And 
like the woman, we are called to share this news with others. The Samaritan woman rushes to tell the crowd in the city, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. And we hear that the Samaritans in the city believe her enough to rush and meet Jesus and believe that he has told her everything she's ever done. And because of her, they invite him to stay with them and he stays with them for two days and we're told that many more believed because of his word. This is how God works, touching our lives so that we reach out and touch other lives, telling um, other people what we have seen and felt and experienced and known and how our lives are changing. So this story today, as you might have noticed as I read it, the longest story of all the stories in the Gospels is really important. It's long, maybe that makes it important, and it's important because it's the story of how Jesus chooses the Samaritan woman, chooses everyone, and chooses you. Amen.